We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How we doing? It's Ivy Nation Sports Talk. We're up and running, and this has been coming for a long time. I, you know, I've been here at Irish Breakdown for a year now. I don't know how many shows that I've done at this point, but I finally get to do a show with Sean Davis. It, we've we've never done a show together before. So, how you doing, Sean? Good to see Man, you. Man, I am absolutely stoked. I remember when you first contacted me, I was like, oh, absolutely, Mr. Styles. <laughs> absolutely. And we, we've seen each other on campus at practices, but really have never had time to, like, really talk and right. really dive into things. So, this is going to be amazing. Amazing. Going to be a lot of fun here today. You know, and I didn't realize until we talked this spring that – you know, you were at ESPN 1000 in Chicago there for a long time. How, how long were you at ESPN 1000? Well, I was at ESPN 1000 for five years. Okay. And so I was, I was actually there producing Notre Dame basketball. Right. And that's what so, you told me. That you yeah, used to I talk to, to, to one of my old guys, Bob Henning, the engineer. Down Bob Henning is one of the biggest influences on my career when it came to engineering along with producing and teaching okay. me how to properly engineer and get better at it. Man, I, every time I go to South Bend, I look for him. I'm like, man, I call him. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to hook up with him yet. And each time we say, you know what, we're going to find time to go and have lunch one of these days. But Bob Henning is a huge influence on my life. And, of course, you know, talking down the line to Zach Hills land and Jack, you know, right all the time was a yep. joy within itself. Yep. So. Absolutely. It was a that was a great experience to be able to work that board and engineer Notre Dame basketball games. Bob is a very busy man. He has the, the patience of a saint, though. He's <laughs> I agree with that. Because I could definitely say there were times where he probably wanted to wring my neck on the other end and definitely showed the, the, the patience of Joe with me. And I appreciate it. And there are times, you know, like when I've been at the other end, you know, like because I didn't have a Bob sitting next to me doing games. I still don't have a Bob sitting there, you know, so like I'm trying to diagnose everything. And so when things go wrong, I'm calling Bob. Right. He's trying to like calmly talk me through stuff. And, and, and sometimes, you know, my level goes up a little bit, you know, so, right. like I said, I, he's very patient. He's I very totally patient. understand the, the most nervous energy I would ever get is when Bob would say, 
oh, they're going on the road and I'm not coming. And I'd be like, oh, boy. <laughs> Who's engineering, Bob? Well, I got a guy. He's fine. He'll call you. I'm like, oh, boy. We'll see how this goes. But things always turned out well. As I said before, he was one of the most uh, important influences on my career. So I enjoyed your uh, I enjoyed your retweet of Brett Bielema, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yes. Somebody somebody uh, tweeted a. It was uh, who's the best uh, coach in the Big coach Ten? In the Big Ten, and they had yeah. Harbaugh, James Franklin. They had Luke Fickle. And who was the fourth one? Ryan Day. Ryan was, Day was on there, and Brett yeah. Bielema retweeted it and said, uh, "Who has the most Big Ten titles?" Asking for a friend. <laughs> I thought the way he's gone about, you know, influencing Illinois and getting them back to the map, and just putting that out there, just having fun with it. That's how the way I took it. He was just having fun, right. and right. I thought it was funny. And I was like, "Let me go ahead and retweet this as an Illinois alum." Because I think it's pretty fun. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, Salty says he just watched Ann emasculate John over the life insurance. John just got the <laughs> just get the damn insurance. I'm tired of the matching. I think I brought this commercial up before without saying it. Like I watched the NFL Network during the day, and there are these two insurance commercials mm-hmm. where the wife just yells at the husband for like you know 90 seconds on these commercials about why don't you have the life insurance yet <laughs> and this is one of them that salty's talking about here so yeah they drive it's always out. good to see salty <laughs> that's right yeah that's right well hey you know we're going to talk uh, a little about justin scott we're going to talk about isaiah canyon in mm-hmm. a little bit i thought though you know we'd break things up a little bit today with independence day coming up tomorrow of course and i thought it was interesting july 1st is always you know like when the the college calendar flips that's like the beginning of the new year you know for college you know the the, the college year basically is july 1st when all the contracts begin and all that stuff 14 fbs schools joined up new conferences on july over the weekend the most significant Houston, Cincinnati, Central Florida, and of course BYU going to the Big 12. The others, you know, smaller conferences, but still FBS, but smaller. Right. Those, those are the big ones. And Notre Dame, you know, the <laughs> not the lone holdout, but one of the few holdouts, you know, in terms of of independence. Why do you think there's always such a national obsession with Notre Dame joining a conference, though, Sean? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I think everyone always wants company, right? Just in life. They just want company. They want everybody to do the same thing. Anyone that chooses to stand out and do things differently, they view as rebellious, a rebel, going against the grain. And that actually, Notre Dame, in my opinion, historically, they've been trendsetters you right. know, in a lot of different ways. And I think they were a trendsetter when it came to sticking to their independence and not going the route with some of the other teams like Florida State, Penn State, Miami, and, and securing the bag, as we would say, with a TV deal and a relationship with NBC and building off of that. They knew that they had the cachet. They knew that they had the brand. They knew that they had the tradition, and they knew that it would last. That's something that I think other programs weren't too sure if they could stand the test of time. And Notre Dame stood tall and it went against the grain, but they actually, at that point in time, as an independent, were being trendsetters to the other independents to say, look, handle your business, build your brand, take care of your brand and get the best deal that you can get. They went and did that and they've been able to hold the fort. And unfortunately, everybody else caved and went the route of the ACC to go ahead and get the best money. And now look at the ACC now. Everybody's trying to get out of the ACC. Yeah, you have six or seven schools trying to escape the contract clause and not wanting to pay the humongous buyout. And Notre Dame is still sitting tall, ready to go into another contract, the way it looks like. That might be between 60 to $75 million as an independent. And other conferences look at that and say, well, you know, I don't understand why you just can't join the conference and get that amount of money. The last I checked, you know, my grandfather told me, you know, you get paid for a hard earned day of work. <laughs> right. You get That's at right. the end of the day, you get what you've earned. Right. Notre Dame has earned the right to get this 60 to 75 million. Why do they have to share it with other people in the conference? Right. This is what they've earned. In the open market, so allow them to do that without it being a big uproar. Now, at some point, we we anticipate that there will be further moves you know, and, and further conferences expanding. And Notre Dame might get to the point where they might feel like they're in between a rock and a hard place when it comes to the college football playoff. At that time, yeah, I'm sure they'll think about it. But it'll be interesting how it impacts the TV deal at that time, if they have one, and then they go into a conference. How does that play out? That's going to be very interesting to That's see how thing. those things play out. Yeah. And I'll be curious, like if they do re-up with NBC, for example. And I, you know, obviously everyone, you know, with Pete Bavakwa coming mm-hmm. over, you know, everyone thinks that, you know, okay, gonna go to NBC and 
and the more you see in here, you know, like people thinking that, okay, you know, it's probably going to stay with, with NBC because of that agreement they have with the big 10. Look, I'll, I'll, I'm curious since a new contract is coming up, like if there will be some kind of out for Notre Dame, you know, like if, if they build something in there, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just to protect yeah. themselves in case just these ripples that you're talking about do happen going Absolutely. forward. I would, I would think that they would. Wouldn't uh, you? That would have to be part of the negotiations, looking into the future. And I think Pete Bavacqua understands that. And I think NBC or whatever network the negotiations are taking place with, they understand that as well. And then, you know, I see, you know, the people in the chat, you know, that feel like, man, I would rather have more money in a conference. Well, this is the thing. When you join a conference, it's like being married. Their debt is your debt. Well, so now we look at because we just great stories just put out, I believe, in the athletic about a month ago that the deal that Kevin Warren made before he left to take the job with the Bears wasn't as sweet as everybody thought. And they owe money to Fox and they owe Turns money. Out there's as all a kinds of holes in it. That's and, right. Absolutely. So now everybody shares in that expense. So right. for Notre Dame, is it really about the 60 to 75 million, or is it about being able to control your own expenses as a university as well? Well, and to on top that, of that, you know, like when it comes to the college football playoff, as it is right now, we know Notre Dame's gonna have access. You know, when, when the college football playoff expands mm-hmm. next year, if you're in a conference, you go to the college football playoff, you still have to share that revenue right. with everybody else in the conference. Absolutely. If you're Notre Dame or, you know, any other independent, obviously, you get to keep all that money. So mm-hmm. you might not have the same amount that the Big Ten or the SEC is going to have in the TV contract, but you're going to get to keep every penny that you get yeah. from being in the college football playoff because you don't have to share that with the rest of the people in the conference. That's that's and still Sean, a pretty big advantage right there. You have to feel, you know, if I were Ohio State and I'm looking at Rock, Rutgers and they get the same check I get every year, I would feel a certain way. I know I would. Right. <laughs> well, and, you know, that's that's part of the rift in the ACC right yeah. now. You know, yeah. obviously, is, is you've got Clemson, you know, who's who's doing most of the work there in the ACC, especially mm-hmm. what the last seven, eight years, whatever it is, you know, a little bit before that Florida State. But really, otherwise, who's doing the work in the in the ACC and, you know, the bottom feeders in the conference, the Boston colleges of the world are getting just Cash as much checks. revenue as Clemson at the top. That's yeah. right. <laughs> you know, and their programs are fiscally man blossoming. And Clemson is still trying to, you know, spend three to four million in recruiting just to keep up with the big dogs and have a national contender every year. And Boston College is probably pocketing that saying, okay, we'll spend a million on recruiting and we'll make sure everything else. They probably put more money into the hockey program than anything at Boston College. So that's right. Look, it is it is really it's something that is going to play out on the college football landscape over the coming years. It's going to be very interesting to see how, well, I think the timing, so this is something else to think about. I think Jack Swarbrick and the timing of certain decisions that are going to be coming up and the transition to Pete Bavacqua is, in my opinion, a very admirable of Jack Swarbrick in a lot of different ways to either recognize, 
you know what? These are things that either I really don't even want to have to deal with or I'm ready to move on. And I think someone else will be able to come in that has a little bit more experience with certain things and where the landscape is going to take Notre Dame in that direction in a better way. Not that he couldn't do it, but you know what? They're probably better equipped to deal with what's coming for Notre Dame. And for him to take a step back and analyze that and make the move that he's making right now, you know, you kind of have to tip your cap to Jack Swarbrick and say, you know what? That's, that's pretty admirable. No, absolutely. That's, that's a great point. And, you know, since we're kind of touching on the subject of TV, I saw on, uh, on the IV boards over the weekend, someone was asking, you know, with all of the layoffs that ESPN made, <laughs> last week if that had if, if like maybe espn was was essentially saving up money or you know looking for ways you know like to you know to to give themselves a better opportunity to go after notre dame in this tp contract and i'll just say you know i i follow a lot of the the sports media reporters and stuff like that we've you know we've had one on in the past on this show listen to their podcasts and you know read a lot of their stuff and so I've kind of been following, you know, we don't talk ab about like a lot of the minutia, you know, that, mm -hmm. that, that they cover on this, you know, like the ESPN, you know, like, but these layoffs have been coming for a long time. Like this has been, you know, unfortunately they were coming for a long time. There's been a lot of speculation about who they would be, you know, Disney's stock has been steadily declining for several years. So like, this was this was a corporate. This wasn't just an ESPN thing. This came from Disney, you know, the corporate side of things, and so it's like, definitely a transition. Yeah, exactly. This this was a very big picture thing that 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 Disney did. So I would be like, I, I would give that like a, a, a one percent chance that you know, like ESPN going after Notre Dame had anything to do with something like that. Because again, just following this for a long time, it's, mm -hmm. it's been in the works for quite a while. Absolutely. It just, you know, from the inside being there, it's probably been five years in the making. Right. And once the Chicago station was sold to good karma brands about four years ago, D Disney was letting everybody know that they were getting out of the terrestrial radio business. And Chicago was the first domino to fall. L.A. and New York were also purchased by Good Karma Brands, uh, I believe, last year. And that's them saying, we're getting out of the radio business. And they made some adjustments. They lessened their expenses. And then they recognized, you know what? This is something that they do. I'll give them credit. People don't understand the minor league type of uh, talent pool that they create and they follow right. a lot of different people and then they create this atmosphere. You can tell when they start bringing in a lot of younger people and they start hiring certain people like Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed is somebody that I came into ESPN with. He's become a draft expert for them. And when he got hired, I said, wait a minute, something's going to happen because they're not about to have three guys doing the NFL draft. And lo and behold, we see Todd McShay and his high salary, you know, part ways with ESPN. So, yep. you know, like you said, you can see the writing on the wall from a business perspective with the stock, the selling off of the radio stations, getting out of that side of the business, going more to podcasting and TV 
and they're really about to pour a lot more money into their podcasting, which they haven't done. So right, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of something that you know they've they've never really figured out exactly which way they wanted to go. I think with podcasting because you know they had Bill Simmons back in the day, yeah. and he's you know he started and they really it just it just sounds like you know they 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 couldn't really decide if they wanted to go all in on that, and that kind of led well know, to, to Simmons I think- leaving it doing the ringer and all that stuff. One of the, one of the biggest failures was they didn't recognize every podcast that they had that was successful. They wanted to make it a TV show. That's true. <laughs> Jalen Rose started out a podcast. Uh, Jamel Hill and Mike Smith started out as a podcast and they became wildly successful. And they said, Oh, we can turn this a TV show. And they could have monetized all of those programs and built a monstrous podcast division. And they just failed to do that. So, Everything can't be a TV show. That's they're not meant to be TV shows. No, that's a good point. You know, but the other thing with you know the, the direction that ESPN is going right now, live sports is obviously a big part of it. You know, that's that's why they you know went after the SEC and they they've obviously had live sports all over the place. But you know, uh, from a day to day, they want the Stephen A. Smiths. You know, they're bringing in Pat McAfee. You know, that, that's that's what they want. They want a handful of these big names that they're paying the big money to and sort yeah. of the rank and file are getting sifted out along the way. You know, that's... that's and you know what? And a lot of people think that it was, you know, everything in this country becomes political, right? And, you know, you have different personalities and all those different personalities at that network add up to different points of views when it comes to life issues and things of that nature. And all of us in life have blind spots. Just certain things we don't get that might need to be explained to us. And when we convey it, it might not come across the right way to certain people. But at the end of the day, uh, this is not a byproduct of ESPN going woke, ESPN doing this. You know, this is really boardroom business and looking at the numbers and crunching the numbers and saying, hey, we have to cut the fat here. We have to cut the fat there. And now you come to the situation where Regardless of what they cut or they do, they're still winning in the ratings. And that is the ultimate thing for them. They want to win in the ratings. And as much as people, what they create, which is great, Sean, this is what they did. And I know this for a fact. They don't care how you feel. They just want you to feel. Right. They don't care how you feel about Stephen A. Smith. They just want you to feel. Right. Because if you feel, you'll listen. Or you're like mad. it's just like Notre Dame, basically. <laughs> yes, it's just like Notre Dame. Uh, you know, Notre Dame, the Yankees, the Dallas Cowboys. You know, and like you said, with Stephen A. Smith, as well. It's it's polarization is good. Yes, for, for anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that you know that's that's why, you know, like when as as we kind of shift out of back out of the ESPN mode we you know we got we got sidetracked on that for a little bit but i thought that you know those are great points that you brought up yeah but you know Notre Dame has had staying power i think because of the you know it's not just the national appeal it's also the other side of the you know that you're talking about but i mean this goes way back years and years and years like when you look at at how Notre Dame, I think, has been able to stay as, you know, independent for as long as they have. You know, it's like Newt Rockney got the team on the trains and they went to New York. You know, they went east to New York and they played Army and Navy when those were national powers 
years and years and years ago. They kept playing them. They got on the train and headed west and obviously started the rivalry with, with Southern Cal and did that. But along the way, you know, like they had a, an annual series with SMU for a while, you know, like mm-hmm. back when SMU was still a thing. They played Texas. They played Oklahoma, you know, in the middle of the country. All these, you know, so like when you're doing that decade after decade, you're literally talking about they've been, you know, like when you think about when Newt Rockney was still doing it, they've literally been that goes back almost 100 years now at this point. So you're talking about four to five generations of fans who, you know, were used to seeing Notre Dame in that part of the country when those other big schools, even the Texas and Oklahoma's winning all, you know, their championships in the, in the, you know, the fifties and the sixties and whatever, they weren't doing that same kind of thing, but Notre Dame was, and you know, you've got Notre Dame essentially has roots all over the country as a result. And it's made some people love them and it's made some people hate them. But again, that's, that's part of being a national brand, a national product. I think it's, it's amazing because Notre Dame has already done what the big 10 claims they've established. The Big Ten claim we're the first conference to be a coast-to-coast right. conference. And Notre Dame as an independent established that years ago. <laughs> years ago. So this is what you're talking about. They're like, and we every- did that. We didn't have to be a conference. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so everyone's playing catch-up, and they're mad that Notre Dame won't join them. And Notre Dame is like, well, you're doing what we've already accomplished, so why should we join you? Give us a good reason to join you. Show right. us something new that is a trend-setting uh, move in college football, and we'll join you to say, you know what? Yeah, we need to move, make a move to do that because this is something that's going to bring something fresh and new to the Notre Dame brand and tradition, and no one can do that. That's exactly right. Let me ask you this, though, because you are an Illinois guy. You know, like mm-hmm. you're, you're – do you consider yourself a Big Ten guy at your core or, you know, like what – I guess my bigger my bigger question is, as a guy who's got, you know, Big Ten ties, is there any part of you that wants to see Notre Dame join the Big Ten? Are you or, or are you full bore straight ahead independence as long as possible? It's interesting. Someone asked me recently, would you rather see Notre Dame win another national championship in football or would you rather see Illinois win a national championship. And I said, well, that's not fair. I said, because my football fandom has belonged to Notre Dame since I was an infant. I said, but if I could win, if Illinois could win a national title in basketball, that would, that would, I might trade that off for another national championship in football because I've experienced a national championship in football as a Notre Dame fan. And, you know, so to answer the question, I guess I am a Big Ten guy at heart, especially when it comes to Illinois basketball. Mm -hmm. But nothing trumps, you know, what my grandfather was able to put into me, you know, the first time I went into Notre Dame Stadium and he put me on his lap. That's just the foundation of who I am, you know, as a sports fan. So Generation to generation. Yeah. Like yeah. that's it's but like what you're describing is what a lot of Indiana people, especially people who grew up in the Bobby Knight days and you know that that thing. It's like you were an Indiana basketball fan, but mm-hmm. a Notre Dame football fan. 
Same kind yeah. of deal that you're talking about there with Illinois. I think there are a lot of people like that. That's yeah. for sure. Tim B asked, don't you guys miss those old Big Ten matchups, though? And we were talking about, like, who we would and wouldn't, wouldn't want Notre Dame to play. I don't care if they ever play Purdue again. Like, that. that's one that I just – I, I – I always felt like it meant much more to the Purdue side yeah. than it did the Notre Dame side. Yeah. And it, it just, I, it, it doesn't do anything for me. I know that there are a lot of people who grew up because Notre Dame played Purdue every year for much longer than they ever played Michigan every year, for example. But I like Vince, Vince can't stand Michigan. He doesn't want to see Michigan ever come back. Michigan state. I'm really not that hot on Michigan State coming because there are only so many rivals that I think you can keep on the schedule every year because it just it ends up meaning more to them than it means to you. I don't mind seeing, you know, some of these Big Ten schools maybe rotate through, but yeah. I don't I don't necessarily like having them all on there every year. What do you think? The Penn State tradition intrigues me because of what it meant when Lou Holtz was here and they would battle Penn state. Right. And Every year. It, it would be a fantastic physical matchup that intrigues me. I actually liked the George Perlis matchups with Lou Holtz. And then, you know, Mark D'Antoni, you know, what he brought to Michigan state after Nick Saban left, I think was admirable. And they gave Brian Kelly uh, some fits and they had some great games. I mean, the little giants game, the comeback with Terrell Lambert and the defense intercepting balls and getting pick sixes in the fourth quarter at Michigan State. <laughs> Those are some great – Michigan State-Notre Dame has given you some great games. Who can forget Arnell's battle, battle in the long touchdown in the fourth quarter against Michigan right. State? Those have been from Pat Dillon. Just great games. And when you have the history that one, great- it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that game because that game – we did a couple weeks ago. What's the most frustrated you've ever been? That game, right up until oh, absolutely, Fred's battle or you know, took that pass from Pat Dillingham. I was, mm-hmm. I thought they were going to lose because they had just beaten Michigan the week before, and it was like what under two minutes to go. Michigan State had taken the lead, but you're, you know, you're right. There's been a lot of classic moments, but that one, that one ticked me off so bad. Right up, right up yeah. until they scored to go back yeah. ahead. So. I can understand Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State. But like you said, who does it mean more to? You know, the Michigan-Notre Dame battle is not just about Notre Dame and Michigan. It's about supremacy as far as most wins in college football. And that battle that continues to rage on national championships. And, you know, it, it is really something to – and if you talk to former Notre Dame players, even when they were playing Miami, Former Notre Dame players would tell you, we knew we were more physical than Miami. We knew we were more physical than Florida State. But, boy, we knew when we were facing Michigan, that was about to be two heavyweights in the middle of the ring just landing body blows and haymakers for four quarters. And it was it was a right. true test of who we were. So they have a profound respect. If you ask the players, they probably would say, oh, Michigan without question, just from a respect standpoint. That's true. And, it, you know, to be honest, it's funny you bring up Miami because now, now granted, that Miami thing turned, you know, so nasty there. And that's obviously why 
they got rid of it. But like today, 30 years later, I miss the Miami rivalry much more than I miss Michigan State or Purdue. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, you get a matchup next season. That's right. It's coming. Next, it's coming. It's coming. You get the matchup next season. And, you know, what they're building down there, what Mario Cristobal is trying to build, I don't know if they'll, they will be at the level where they'll be ready to compete with Notre Dame. Because I do think Notre Dame in year two on the Marcus Freeman will take a step forward and become a much better football team than they were last year. But ultimately, you know, that rivalry, I was at the game in 2012 at Soldier Field, and it yeah. was just – you talk about Miami not having a chance at all. Oh, man. That was – and that's and it's funny that that's pretty much been most of the Notre Dame-Miami matchups, you know, that they mm-hmm. played really in that time period. The, the 2017 game down at Miami is the only time that Miami really showed up, it seems like. Otherwise, Notre Dame was – far superior to any of those Miami teams. Chi-Town says we should play two Big Ten games in a rotation with our historic rivals. I don't I don't disagree with that. And, you know, to be honest, you know, and again, we've talked about this before as well, with the – if Notre Dame does end up re-upping with NBC, and this has been reported as well, because of that, you know, new NBC deal with the Big Ten – there's a pretty good likelihood that you're going to see Notre Dame start to add in, you know, more consistently some some Big Ten non-conference games just because of that agreement, because it gives NBC a chance to put even, you know, more even like they can even put the road games that Notre Dame plays on NBC now, you know, if, yeah. if they do that. It gives them a better chance to do that. So I think we're going to see more of it going forward if it, if Notre Dame does end up staying with NBC. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. If you look at the NBC schedule this year, it's not impressive no. as far as the games they have. But, you know, you start adding the rivalry games and the connection of Notre Dame to those games, absolutely. It definitely becomes a big-time draw for NBC and the Big Ten. Do you see any benefit to Notre Dame joining a conference in in the world that we're living in right now? You know, the, the world of college athletics. I believe in independence, you know, as far as, you know, ownership, business. So, nah. I, as long as you can create a brand that can stand the test of time and continue to build and earn, you know, what it deserves in the open market, I'm all for staying independent. The only thing that would change my mind would be the college football playoff getting to the point where Notre Dame would not have a path to the national championship without being part of a conference. That's the only thing that would really move me as far as joining the conference. The history of the Big Ten and the when Notre Dame wanted to be part of the Big Ten and seriously considered it, the schools that blocked them and all of this stuff, and Notre Dame's not a fit in the, in the SEC, in my opinion, and the ACC fiscally just doesn't match with Notre Dame right now, the way things are going. So the Big Ten is really, honestly, the only option moving forward that might be viable. And in doing that, I still don't see them making that move unless their feet are really put to the fire. And that's going to have to be it, you know. And, and the way that their feet get – Put to the fire is what happens with the Olympic sports because you know again they've got the access to the college football playoff. That's we're true. pretty we're pretty confident they're going to end up with a good TV contract. So those are the two biggest things 
you know, what happens with the Olympic sports? I still think that worst case scenario, Notre, you know, like if, if the ACC blew up and you still have access to the playoff, you still have your TV contract. So that means you've got good revenue sources. And again, by being independent, you have another revenue source of keeping all the money for every time you get to the college football playoff. I, I would think that worst case scenario, the, you know, the, the basketballs and everybody else could find their way to the big East yeah. and, you know, because there are all the other Catholic schools over there in the big East right now. I would think that that would be like the worst case fallback for the Olympic sports, which means I think if Notre Dame wanted to, even if the ACC blew up, they'd still be fine. So. This is something else to think about the impact on the other sports. Like you said, the Olympic sports and the impact on both basketball teams, like ultimately, I think the ACC connection for Mike Bray was came at a perfect time. Like just to build the program, to establish the program and move that forward. Now coming out of that, you know, could have transitioned to the Big Ten with the Big Ten acquiring USC and UCLA from a basketball standpoint. Could that now be better for Notre Dame basketball to be connected to the Big Ten? It's very interesting how things are playing out in the landscape. And eventually, what might be better for each individual sport under the Notre Dame umbrella? But as far as football, football is just—it's just fun. It's its own thing. Yeah. <laughs> Josh says he'd like to see Notre Dame remain independent, but instead of playing the five ACC opponents, switch it to Big Ten. The only problem with that, and that could happen at some point. Again. I think the ACC's got to blow up first, basically, for that to happen. Because Notre Dame, as of right now, has a contract with the ACC that yeah. runs through 2036. That you know, Notre Dame's contract, just like the rest of the ACC, it runs for 13 more years. You know, and there's buyouts and all that kind of stuff. If you know, if you're going to get it, so unless the ACC, you know, unless those schools find a way to get out, I just, I don't, I don't see that happening anytime soon. No, I, I totally agree with you there. I totally agree with you. And the other side of that is, would the Big Ten even want that? Just because of all the back and forth over the years between Notre Dame and the Big Ten. Like, I don't know that the, the Big Ten would want to do that. You know, it's like either you're in or you're out. Kind of. Yeah. You know, we've, been, yeah. we've been dancing around this for a long time, right? So That probably would irritate them even more if Notre Dame was able to dance around, keep their independence, but yet exactly. still benefit off of the scheduling and the TV deal as well. No, I don't I don't see them liking that.
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.